Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to all of you to the Play On Review here on Insta Live. Listen to my radio voice. I am Rana Hussein, and as always, I'm here with Gemma Bastiani, AFLW analyst and winner of all things football this weekend. Um, we're going to talk about this round of AFLW, even though apparently the men played too. Um, did you know that they have a whole season and everything, Gemma? No idea. No idea. <laughs> Who knew? Who um, knew? No, I mean, the men's, uh, we're not going to talk too much about it today because we're, it's the pointy end of the AFLW season. That being Absolutely. said, um, both your Melbourne Demons and my Sydney Swans were very good yesterday. So that made me very happy. So if I do drop references to Errol Goulden, I can't help myself. Look, I'm not going to lie, and I, I'm a feminist, but... I went to the game on Thursday night, Richmond versus Carlton, and I loved it. And I had a little bit of, oh, my God, I love you, AFLM, I've missed you, which I think is legitimate, right? But there was a part of me that went, oh, I there's also women's footy that I'm not paying attention to and I need to this weekend. So it was a lot. It was a lot to juggle. It was. It was 16 games and Julia has just said D's gem and Errol. So hitting two of my favourite things this weekend. So go <laughs> Julia. Um, it it was a lot and I would love to hear how everybody did manage both AFLW and FLM this weekend because I definitely found that A, it was harder to find the AFLW content. B, yeah. it was, um, it, I felt a bit like, it was like we were having this amazing, wonderful time and then this massive dust storm or dusty storm as Triple <laughs> Wave put it. And it was like, oh, we just got eclipsed by the men's. And I was going between, you know, loving the games and watching and having, you know, being back at the MCG myself, which was an amazing feeling. But then also being like, oh, can't you just wait like two more weeks or like a few more weeks and then I'll give you my attention. But right now I just want to focus on AFLW. It was a weird internal battle for me. I was in the fortunate position that, so my mindset is always, I will watch as many games I possibly can uh, within my time mm. limits. Mm-hmm. Obviously AFLW was the first priority and then the Swans was the next priority. I was very fortunate that 
there was no clash between the Swans game and any AFLW game, so I didn't have to make a choice. Uh, but I was yeah. double screening for much of the weekend. Absolutely. And Amelia's shouting out the two KOs, <laughs> um, yep. KO stream feature, but and absolutely me too. At the Tigs women's game today, I was watching them play and then switching between and then had two AFL men's games on my phone while and then like switched over to AFLW and was what like it was just there was so much so I actually don't know while I watched a lot of football I don't know how much I actually took in so (laughs) this conversation is going to be very interesting um let's let's really respect our listeners time this week and try and race through these um we're gonna kick it off with Gold Coast versus Carlton on Friday night at Metricon Stadium if we thought the Blues were down and out in the first half of the season, boy, have they proved us wrong in this second half. They've really turned it around. It feels like to me this game was the exclamation mark of their season. It felt like the Blues just came to play and we wanted to show everybody, no, we've got what it takes to play finals. We are the team that you saw last year. Um, but the story really for me was Darcy Vessio, the dominant Darcy Vessio. Absolutely. And I mean, she kicked five goals to, she's now leading um, the competition for goals this season, but also in its all time history. So she's now kicked 42 goals for her career. Erin Phillips goal today took her to 40. So Mm. Darcy Vessio is on top for the whole week. It's the first time in over a year. I think that Darcy Vessio has been on top of that, um, on her own standalone leader. So there was that um, Adelaide kicked again, uh, sorry, Carlton kicked again, the equal most goals ever kicked in a game. So they kicked 13 goals. Adelaide were the, was the team that had done it previously in round six this year against the Suns as well. Vessio's mm. five goals, obviously she was um, the third uh, player to kick more than four goals in a game. So prior to that, obviously, was Brooke Lockland against uh, Carlton back in round four of 2018 and obviously Gemma Houghton earlier this year. They Carlton also kicked the highest ever score in AFLW history. And what was key to this was that they kicked 12 goals, eight to one goal, two after quarter time. What I loved about Darcy's game was that we so often this year have talked about the younger players who are coming through and their silky skills and and what, you know, the older players are legacy players and then, you know, they're, they're more the trailblazers. But this felt like Darcy being the superstar that she is and that we've always said she is and and living up to that. And I, I loved that so much and the socials just went off. Deservedly. My Twitter was deservedly was full of Darcy appreciation, which I also love because she is so great on Twitter and Instagram. Um, The scoreboard didn't look great for Gold Coast, but despite that, things are still sunny for the Suns. There's some young players there who could almost, you could almost build a team around Gemma. Yeah, I think it's the second week in a row where I've said this is that yeah, the scoreboard doesn't look good, but the Suns did X, Y, and Z that sets them up for the future. So that's what they should be looking for. And they did really, and and they have this kind of spine of young players that they can build a side around. So Madison Levi kicked another goal. She was their genuine forward target in this game after kicking her first goal ever last week, kicked two for the game, kicked another one this weekend uh, and was just presenting, which was really important. Um, Lucy Single, 
prior to a certain Courtney Hodder goal that we'll get to, this looked like it could be goal of the year. She gathered the ball on half back. She ran. She passed off, continued to run, pushed off a few, get, got the ball back, kicked the goal. She ran almost the length of the field. Her work rate, her running, her effort has been immense for the Suns and especially through the midfield. She's a really, really great player to build around. And then Daisy Darcy has been improving with every single week. She's quite a small player, but her rugby background and her tenacity means she's so tough and she does the little things right that you really like. And again, so Daisy Darcy coming off halfback, Lucy Single in the middle and Madison Levi up forward. That's a great spine to build a team around for long term. Mm. They're all only 18 years old. Hey, that makes me wonder what do you prefer a rugby player an ex-rugby player goes footy or an ex-basketball player goes footy which is which is the better setup depends on what you need the rugby player shone this weekend Mm, except lauren pierce was amazing i mean they're both good in different ways i always because in my mind i always think about basketball as being the better game to feed into an AFLW career but now that you when you just said rugby I thought actually yeah you're right the toughness the tackling Courtney Hodder anyway um it's also also worth noting that Prasparkis was held to 11 disposals which was the fewest of her career uh but Carlton were able to support around so that wasn't reliant on a single person doing a lot of the job really quickly what's what do you think for Carlton what's how far can they go now it's a big ask to get into finals from here. North would have to lose by a significant margin and then Carlton would have to win by a fairly significant margin as well. I think it's 20% that they need to catch up on and get the win, obviously, and um, North need to lose. So it's still mathematically possible, but I don't know realistically how possible it is. There you go, baggers. Gemma's Gemma's had her say. Um, I'll give you my three, two, ones, and then I'd love to hear yours. Actually, I've got Ali Drennan slash Aaron's for one vote. Can you help me decide whether which one of those two had the better game? I would say Lauren Aaron's personally. Great. Lock it in. Kate Sermon two and Darcy Vessio, <laughs> of course, three. What were you? There's going to be a bit of that tonight, by the way. It's like just that. Sorry, everyone. We're both a bit all over the <laughs> shop. Just a little bit. Look, um, I, yeah, go ahead. Give me a three, two, one. So I gave Lucy single one. I think she was the dominant force for the Suns once they weren't on top any longer. So I think that is more impressive than being up and about when the rest of your team is. Um, two mm. to Brianne Moody. Brianne Moody dominated in the middle of this game. I am such a fan. She's kind of hit this end of the season really strongly. And then three to Darcy as well. Wonderful. Let's move on to the next game, Geelong versus GWS. Saturday at GMHBA Stadium, Geelong 139 to GWS 2416. The only thing, this is going to be brutal, but the only thing I have to say about this is next. (laughs) It was so bad. I just was not into this game at all, Gemma. Geelong, I mean, look, I... Sorry, it was it was frustrating, and I, someone that was part of the broadcast messaged me after, just saying that was one of the toughest games I've worked. Yeah, mm. and 
Um, if anyone has read, sorry, I keep interrupting you. If anyone's read Never Surrender by Georgina Hibbard, which if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Um, Georgina self-published it and it's an incredible book. So go and find it. Just Google Never Surrender Georgina Hibbard and you'll find it. Um, if you've read that, there's a part of that book where they talk about the round one game against the Suns last year and how even though they won, it was frustrating mm. and they weren't happy because they it was nine points. They kicked one goal and they won the game and it's just not how they wanted to win. Mm. I get the feeling that would be the sentiment within the GWS camp out of this as well. Yeah, it didn't look like they were super thrilled by the end of it either, just kind of, um, which is such a shame because we were all, we have all been rooting for GWS so much. Um, look, another game where the scoreboard doesn't really tell the story of what happened and it did does look like Geelong found their intent yeah that was the big issue for Geelong last year last year last week was against the Eagles they just lacked that intent they lacked the second effort they lacked the um, movement around the ball that showed that they really wanted to win the game they fixed that this week and that's the thing Geelong fans have to take out of it. Amy McDonald led from the front again. She had another 21 disposals, 11 tackles, five clearances and six intercepts. So I would be very, very surprised if she didn't win their BNF um, this year, but they still have these issues with their forward line. So for all their hard work across the ground, they had one less uh, inside 50 than um, GWS did. Sorry, I can't talk today. I don't know what's happened to me. Um, but the Cats just continued to break down in that forward half. They took just mm. two marks inside 50, but they conceded eight. So GWS had eight inside their forward 50. So it's it's those little things that are still causing the issues for Geelong. But you take this over what happened last week, I think. Absolutely. What, you know, can the – who are they playing next week? I can't remember. The winless Gold Coast Suns. That's right. That's right. So we'll only be one team that goes winless. Assuming there's not a draw. Yes, assuming there's not a draw. Lord above. I feel like they can win that game. Um, Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just said it and then went, "Mm, we'll have to see. Um, Let's get going because, like I said, I feel like this game I didn't really – wasn't heaps for me to say, except that I did love Hanin Zreka's first quarter. Um, I thought she played really well. I love how zippy she is on the field when she's up and about. So I gave her one vote, Alicia Eva two and Elise Parker three. Yeah, so I've given Elise Parker the one. Um, Pepper Randall, her work, especially mm. in that first half, I think she was really mm. good in the one-on-one. And again, she's a player that doesn't have a lot of stats to back up how good she was. Um, she was just all you need to do is just watch her for the first quarter and see what she does to limit Geelong's entries forward it's really really impressive and then I've given the three to Amy McDonald who continues to be um, the shining light for the Cats. Um, Hey Gemma when you're watching the footy are you watching matchups are you watching the ball are you watching the whole like are you taking in the the bigger picture like where does your eye go? I guess it depends. I would, in an ideal world, I would love to have just the one camera or the behind the goals footage so I can see the whole field. Um, Mm. But I think it depends what state the match is in, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. You know when you know how to drive somewhere, but you don't know what the streets are called? That's kind of what this is like, yeah. 
Um, you know where my eye goes, and that's everywhere but the I'm game. Watching, everywhere but the game. I'm watching the bench. I'm watching off the ball. I'm watching this the is, seagulls. <laughs> this is why Rana should be a boundary rider. Someone hire her. Yes, hire me as your boundary rider. We'll move on to Collingwood versus St Kilda uh, on Saturday at Victoria Park. Another dominant performance by the Pies to be expected coming off of their first loss of the season. Um, but Ash Brazel's return was the story for me. And you've also got that in the notes. What did you want to say about Ash? Oh, just that the timing couldn't have been better. They had the two really unfortunate injuries last week to Geordie Allen mm. and Lauren Butler, who have been just really important members of that backline all year. Um, so for Ash Brazel to be able to come back and impact the game, even though she didn't play the whole last quarter, they're kind of easing her back. Her her attack, but also her breakaway speed from stoppages, clean use of the ball, it was all so important at really crucial times of this game. And it was just really mm. nice to see her back playing footy because she's a jet. I really like a strong Collingwood side and it feels so weird to say, but in the women's game, I really am still like, ah, oh, you, you do play really exciting football. <laughs> I feel dirty now. Um, wasn't a fun day out for the Saints, a uh, bit of lack of awareness hurt them. Yeah, it was a bit, it, it was a bit frustrating because, and I think Kel, uh, who's in this uh, watching us now, mm. Kel was messaging me from the game. I didn't go to this one. And from home, you couldn't tell if the rundown tackles on these Saints players who were trying to run into goal, whether it was their own lack of awareness, even though their teammates were telling them that they were hot, mm. or the te- because it was too loud and they couldn't, they couldn't hear, or the teammates weren't actually making that call and Mm -hmm. Cal did say that it wasn't overly loud at the ground so that is a little bit worrying in terms of a team chemistry like you want to be working for your teammates um and Cal has just said yep they were pretty quiet didn't seem to be talking and it was getting them caught yeah so that's just the worry Mm -hmm. you don't mind a rundown tackle if they're trying something but your teammates need to be warning you if you're in danger of that happening and and it happened more than once which was the concern mm. i think so that is the only thing that stood out like the saints you know we said last week they're limping towards the end of the season they've had a lot of injuries mm. they're a young side that's growing but that's the stuff you don't want to be seeing thanks cal for being our boundary rider <laughs> for the round um it's quite helpful, actually, when neither of us can get to the game. It is. Um, <laughs> how, what about the pies? How far can they go, do you think, Gemma? Uh, look, you'd be remiss to say they're not a chance for this flag. But that being said, again, they haven't travelled. Mm. Uh, they lost to the Lions. Other teams... Uh, in similar positions have travelled and won or come close to winning. Mm. So I think it's got to be a factor, right? Absolutely. We do have to acknowledge that this season, while it's been obviously a lot better than last year in terms of we've had the whole season or hopefully by next week we will have had a full season, but it's going to be tricky for some fans, I think, to really take it as a legitimate competition still 
when some teams' fixtures, you know, are conceivably, you know, mismatched and have a, some teams have had an easier go of it, some have had a harder go of it when it comes to travel or they've played more sides. You know, people are going to make that argument is what I'm saying. And, and so there is still a little bit of a question mark around the results of this season. That's going to be an issue until every team plays each other once, which is still going to be another year, few years. But we also have to consider the fact that in the men's season, they play some teams twice, so it's as inequitable. So you can only play who you're up, who you've been scheduled to come up against in the places that you've been scheduled to come up against. And whether that hurts mm. you come finals or not, that's out of your control until you face whoever you're going to face. So it's not a knock on Collingwood because it's out of their control. Um, just like mm. it's out of Freo's control if they play in Freo a lot, it's out of Adelaide's control if they play in Adelaide a lot. But it becomes a factor come finals because things don't necessarily fall the way that they did during the season. Mm. And that's not just a COVID thing. That's a when when are we going to get a full season where everybody plays each other once exactly. thing as well. Yeah. Um, let's get your three, two, ones. I gave Shani Norda one vote, Patrikios two and Benici, my beloved Benici three, who I vote for every single week. Deservedly. She impresses me. Yeah, she impresses me every single week. Um, I've given one to Patrikios. So she had 29 disposals, six tackles, nine clearances, which was the most on the ground, and 529 metres gained. So I think uh, once she has mm. a little bit more support and protection around the ball, she'll only go to another level. So that's very exciting. Um, I've given two to Britt Benici, so you're not the only one voting for her. She had 29 touches <laughs> as well. Um, and I've given the yeah. three to Ruby Schleicher. She has been outstanding mm. all season. Um, her impact on this game, again, without Lauren Butler, without Geordie Allen there as the other kind of rebounding defenders, massive. So she had 23 disposals, five marks, and 11 intercepts, which was the most on the ground. Yeah, that Collingwood side. I mean, I was impressed with Patrikios given that um, the Pies were so dominant. Um, good game in the end. An even better game. <laughs> and probably one of my favourites for the round. Brisbane versus North Melbourne on Saturday at the Gabba. Brisbane got over the line with 4 11.35 to North Melbourne's 2 8 20. I have to start with Courtney Hodder's goal. Absolutely. <laughs> she is such a joy to watch. My goodness, I just, every time she does something um, special, I hate calling it that because it's just, it is her skill and hard work, but she makes it look so effortless and natural and she's just exciting and she's on. she would be on all my footy montages if I... She's in all my footy montages that are in my brain, just constantly kind of rolling through. Do you do that? When I'm listening to music, what I'm doing is putting montages to the music that I'm listening to. And it's either like romantic moments of my life or footy montages. <laughs> do you do that? No, just me? Okay. <laughs> I can't say I do that, but also in my head, I just have numbers going through. So I'm equally as strange, I think. That's, I love a montage. If someone can just put me in a montage, it, that would be heaven. Anyway, back to the footy. Um, Courtney Hodder, thoughts? Well, you said a really key thing there. You said hard work. And this is mm. the thing that 
the goal was incredible, but the thing that it created it was her hard work. So her willingness to try those things rather than just say, it's too hard, I'm not going to run. This is mm. why Brisbane is so good this year because they have all of their players are that kind of player. And this is, you know, not to single out a team, but a team we were talking about earlier who doesn't choose to do those things and why they're struggling. The fact that she was at the top of the 50 when that ball was kicked in, she decided, I'm going to go, I'm going to run, not only intercept it, but to gather it and then have the composure to kick the goal. That is incredible for a 20-year-old kid to be willing to work that hard. And this is why we talk about Dakota Davidson so much as well. It's Mm. the hard work, never flat-footed. If you watch them around a stoppage, even if they're not going to be the person to receive the ball, they're not just standing there. They're on their toes, ready to move however they need to. That is the difference Mm. between a great side and a poor side. And that is what created this goal. Sorry to get all preachy on you, but hard work is the answer. Absolutely. It's effort. We saw that in the men's um, Adelaide against Geelong. Adelaide just put in the effort. They were up and about. Geelong was so slow. Anyway, sorry. To uh, uh, no, I was it. just going to say we saw it with Errol, Errol Goulden last night. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you really quickly, you've spent a lot of time um, researching Queensland footy. Um, a lot and of time. Interested <laughs> a lot of time. Um, great piece, by the way. People should read it if they haven't. Um, I'm really interested. Do you think at Brisbane that that's part of the conversation, or is this just Courtney Hodder doing what she does, or is it something that they would talk about as a team? I think it's absolutely something they talk about because I know for a fact that one, they don't have the history or the tradition that they have to to kind of live up to that people in traditional Aussie rule states, so Victoria, Adelaide, um, South Australia, Western Australia, that they kind of have to follow those guidelines. They could create something new up there, which I think worked to their advantage. I think the other thing is, and it's in it's in the article if someone wants to read it, I'm not making this up. I know a lot of the people at Brisbane in particular uh, don't like the Victorian bias in a lot of footy media and all that sort of stuff. So they're out effectively to prove people wrong. And they've been doing that, Brisbane in particular, have been doing that since that first year. And that comes Mm. down to small bits of effort. It's not just making sure they have the talent. It's not just those things. It's you put in 100% because this is what Queensland footy is. And I think we're all better for it getting to watch that. Mm, absolutely well said do you want to let us know where we can find that article the article we're talking about is what you wrote for siren with kirby fenwick we co-wrote kirby fenwick yeah so it's the development of women's footy in queensland it's a three-part uh long form series and it is on the homepage of the siren website sirensport.com.au beautiful um amelia saying a really quick one how did Brisbane do so well while being so inaccurate or is it more rush behinds that make them look inaccurate? Uh, This is a point I have addressed in the roundup for Tuesday. Uh, I think it's something they'll be really wanting to fix for finals because we saw today how inaccuracy could really hurt you. Uh, mm. not, not naming the team, but we all know who I'm talking about. So <laughs> yeah, that, that will be something they'll be focused on fixing for finals, I think. Um, just a quick one on North. First time this year that North have won the uncontested ball but lost the game. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so Brisbane played this. This was a coaching masterclass and then very well executed by the players. So 
North really love the outside kicking game. Short kicks to uncontested, chip the ball around until you get a good inside 50 and score from that. Mm. Brisbane Mm -hmm. knew that they wanted to play that way and allowed them to play that way in the back half, but completely blocked off any chance of getting the ball moving that way once they got it in the forward half. So the Mm. setup of that defence, Kate Lutkins... Emma Zilke, Shannon Campbell, Bree Conan. Between the four of them, I think they had 14 rebound 50s. The way they structured themselves up to prevent that chip kicking game once the ball passed the halfway mark completely, completely shut down North Melbourne's attack. So that North Melbourne won the uncontested ball pretty convincingly, 109 to 146. But yeah, as you said already, it's the first time they've won that measure and lost the game mm. this year. Um, I love Emma Zilke. I think she's a great captain and I feel like if we had more time, we would talk more about her, but I feel like she gets forgotten a little bit, especially being up north. Well, um, but. she, uh, she was interviewed for our Queensland footy piece. So if you go and read that, there's lots of quotes from Absolutely. Emma Zilke in there. <laughs> I think that's probably why I do love her so much because it's such a great insight. Anyway, let's do our three votes. I gave Duffin one, Hodder two and Riddell three. Yes. I feel like yours are going to be wildly different. <laughs> they are completely different, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I've given one to Kathy Spark. Her role on Jasmine Garner mm. did a huge, huge job for Brisbane. Mm. Um, she kept Garner to just 14 disposals, which is Garner's fewest since around 7 2019, and also just one clearance after Garner broke the clearance record in the AFLW last week. So, massive job from Kathy Spark. Given two to Kate, Kate Lutkins for that organization of the defense, as we talked about, that uncontested ball. And then three to Isabel Dawes, who came out and had 19 disposals, four inside 50s, four clearances, seven intercepts. She was. Uh, kind of on par with her round one game that got her that Rising Star nomination. Absolutely. She had a cracker. Thank you for that. That was probably, except for the last game that we just watched, up until then I think that was my favourite game of the round. Um, Moving on to a very wet and slippery Richmond versus West Coast at Pump Road Oval. I was there, of course. It was my very last thing I will do as a Richmond employee. For that club. Oh my goodness. For people who don't know, I'm no longer working at Richmond. I'm I'm off. I'm on to new things. But that was it for me. I was game day announcing and you did it was a great job. Actually. You did a really oh, good thank job. You. <laughs> um it was the first time that anyone's a team, a senior side has won four points at Pump Road Oval since nineteen sixty-four. Wow. which is kind of incredible. And that's the thing I love about this Richmond side, everything they do um, and, and AFLW in general, but, you know, they are making history for that club and it's it's kind of, it's lovely and exciting and they seemed really happy. And an interesting comment that was made that I think is really true and a, a testament to how the, their season has gone this year is that they just look joyous and happy and they, when you talk to the team, they want to keep playing. Whereas at the end of last season, they just wanted to get out of there. It just felt like they were done. Whereas this time, they're just like, give us more rounds. We just want to keep playing together, which is, you know, a sign of good things to come, I think. Mm. Um, Richmond, look, they came out, had a great first half, and then West Coast fought back beautifully. I felt like this was West Coast's best game this season. 
maybe the cats game slightly better, but um, okay. I I loved their willingness to persist, which in a young side that's copying injuries left, right, and center, that are away from home, that are playing at what ten a.m. their home time, um, it was or nine forty a.m. I think it was for WA mm. time. Um, I you can't be disappointed as a West Coast supporter. I know you got close and didn't make it, but I think it was a very encouraging loss. Definitely. I overheard, I was in the middle of the ground at the end of the game um, to do a post-game interview and I overheard the head coach talking to one of the runners saying um, how proud he was of the team and how well he thought that they fought in that game. And he seemed really pleased actually and and he was holding his head up high and I thought that was a really lovely insight to get because I was eavesdropping um <laughs> I look he said it loud enough for me to hear and I was like yeah but I didn't feel like I could because I was there in my Richmond hoodie <laughs> like it wasn't my place um, uh but yes look um Eagles found their way back Richmond adapted yeah, the thing uh, that that stood out in this game, other than you know what Richmond did and how quickly Richmond adapted to the conditions, which I think was what put them on the front foot. And again, I go through this in far more detail in the roundup, which will come out on Tuesday. Sirenspot.com.au. Uh, I'm doing a lot of plugging of stuff this week. I'm very sorry, everyone. Do it, but love it. Um, Caitlin Pope was an injury replacement player for West Coast. She was one of the last players signed to a list this year. Her work in the second half on that forward 50 arc, not only with her positioning, but then once she got the ball, the finesse with which she set Mm. her teammates up for shots at goal or into attack was very, very impressive. And then her positioning on the goal line to score that goal late in the game um, I really, really enjoyed what Caitlin Pope did. And I, I hope that th- it's these performances that see her signed um, or drafted next year to a club because I think she deserves to be. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. On a senior AFLW list. Give you my three, two, ones. I went with Neve Kelly, one, Bowen. Oh, I haven't even given her the point. Bowen, two, and Taylor Style, three. I love Taylor Style's game. 
um, I felt like she stood up for Richmond at the beginning that when they sort of came out of the gate strong and she was just was everywhere. Yeah, so she kicked the first two goals of the game. Um, she did too. So I've also given Neve Kelly one. I've given Katie Brennan two. I think uh, I know that she's had some really incredible games for Richmond this year. This was the one I was most impressed with her with. Uh, I think her leadership and her composure, her maturity with the way she used the ball in the wet when they were under pressure and then the way she went back and slotted that goal late, I think that very mm. much deserved um, some accolades as compared to, you know, kicking three goals earlier in the season when Richmond were up and about. It's very different. As I said before, it's very different to be um, the key player for a team when the whole team is playing well and yeah. to step up when you're under pressure and lead your team. And I think that's what she did in this game. Um, that's very true. That yeah. goal um, one really settled things down for Richmond, but set up by Ali McKenzie, who also had a pretty good game. So Jet. Um, yeah. And Michaela Bowen gets my three votes just to go back to Michaela Bowen. Yep. Yes, she was amazing. All right. I could talk about Richmond all day, as you know, but I won't. Um Another game that I didn't love, but we're going to talk about anyway, Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs today at Norwood Oval. Adelaide thumped the doggies 12-6-78 to Western Bulldogs 3-4-22. Crows found territory dominance once again, Gemma. Yeah, that was the thing that Melbourne was able to take from them last week and get their win because they just didn't allow... Adelaide to get the ball into their forward half enough for them to settle into the game very well, I think. And that's what Mm. the Crows did very early in this game was they just dominated that territory. The dogs really struggled to even get an inside 50 before Adelaide had kicked, I think, two or three goals. So that was really apparent. Um, Adelaide had eight individual goal kickers again this week, which is the equal second most in um, AFLW history. Uh, It's the Adelaide we knew from 2019. So, mm. it, again, it's scary, but then you look, Melbourne have shown the blueprint of how to beat them, and I think better teams will follow that lead. So come finals, there should be some very interesting matchups against Adelaide. Um, but Chelsea Randall, her strength and her courage was just amazing in this game. So what are you saying about Adelaide in the finals then? What are we? What is to be expected? I mean, smart teams should be looking at that Melbourne game and, and working it out how to shut them down. But what do you think for Adelaide? Yeah, I think sides like Brisbane will have learned from their previous dealings with Adelaide this year, but also what Melbourne did. Um, mm. And Brisbane and potentially Collingwood look like the sides that could do that again to Adelaide. So... Uh, it's going to be interesting come finals when they come up against teams that are prepared to do that a little bit more. And this isn't trying Mm. to be disparaging towards the dogs. The dogs are a well-coached, very talented team that is young and a little bit inconsistent. So heading into this season, um, and if you've listened to the siren preview of another siren plug, sorry, of the season, I did say that um, they're going to have really, really incredible moments but they're not going to be able to do it all season. There's going to be some inconsistency mm. there, which is pretty much how their season has played out. They had some incredible games. They had that run, um, won a whole bunch of games in a row, and now they're kind of petering out a little bit. That's going to happen with a young mm. side. It, it's just what it is with footy. So 
you can't be uh, I mean the dogs won't be happy with the way they played this game but in the last quarter they kind of got it back on their terms a little bit with the pressure side of stuff so that's mm. the thing that the dogs can take out of it but Adelaide I think coming into finals against sides that are going to be well drilled and are able to execute the game plan that their coaches put out for them um, that's when Adelaide maybe can come undone we've seen it happen against Melbourne mm. well I have decided because I didn't write it in the notes. I know. I am telling you now that I am giving one vote to Kirsty Lamb. Yep. Um, I'm giving two votes to Chloe Shea. Yep. And I'm giving three votes to Ebony Marinoff. Okay. Um, that's great. Good for you, Mar- uh, Run. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've given one to. Just- I just wanted everyone to see how uncomfortable you get when you tell me. It's excruciating. (laughs) I still think we need to dissect the power move um, of how I put my votes in and you don't. I don't. And then you just lorded over me that um, I could be on spot on or I could be totally wrong. But I know it doesn't matter. It's my take on the game. Absolutely. But, um, That's why I don't put them the in. I don't want to sway. I don't want to sway your opinion. Um, so you yeah, said it totally would too if I saw what you did. It yeah. would change my vote. So it's yeah. good that you don't. So you said Marinoff three, Sheer two, Lamb one. Yeah. Yeah. So I've given Hatchard one. Um, early mm-hmm. in the game, I think she really put a stamp on it through the midfield. But then she went into defence and took some really good intercept marks and then got forward. Um, I've given two to Chloe Shear. She kicked three goals, one. She, I, mm-hmm. I love Chloe Shear with my whole heart. Um, and I've given three to Erebini <laughs> Marinoff, who used the ball very, very well after last week. So there you go. Wow. So I wasn't totally off the mark. And you love me with your whole heart too, yeah? Of course, yes. <laughs> I love I love a good fish for... <laughs> of love that's basically me in all my romantic relationships you love me right tell me you love me (laughs) thank you for that um now I feel like we need to clear the decks for this next game I'm just gonna let you talk because wow what a game Fremantle versus Melbourne today just before we came on air at Fremantle Oval Oh my goodness, edge of your seat, just digging your hands into the couch. That was, it was an epic, epic win by Melbourne. Where do we start? Where do we start? Uh, You know what? Don't tell me, don't talk footy. Tell me, how did you feel? Give me an insight into Gemma watching this game. Uh, Well, I'm not, I'm a robot. I don't have emotions. But can I start this by saying, post-game, I got a message from someone at Melbourne who Uh I think listened to the preview I did with Julia and heard me Mm. being a bit cynical about Melbourne because I am a pessimist Mm. and saying, uh, I think the message said, thanks for always being a believer or something like that. And it did make me laugh. It's fine. It's very funny. But um, I've been proven... I, I mean, yeah, as I said, I'm a pessimist when it comes to Melbourne because you don't want to get your hopes up and then be disappointed. 
this is one of the most significant wins Melbourne's had. Uh, and the fact that it was in the heat against one of the fittest teams in the competition who are known for running over teams late in games. Um, incredibly impressive the way they persisted through this game. And I think that's something that they can be very, very proud of. It is so emotional. It was an emotional game and finish to that game. Like, uh, shout out to Lucy Race um, from the Outer Sanctum, who is an AFLWD's mega fan. She was just, I mean, beside herself. We're a D's household. We were beside ourselves. Um, it's kind of incredible. What does this mean for finals, Gemma? Uh, that's all I can think about now. <laughs> It means Melbourne has made finals for the second year in a row. <laughs> Crowd sounds, everybody chapping, clap and cheer, unless you're a Freo supporter. Um, what what would best friend of the pod, Trent Cooper, be saying to his team today, do you reckon? Um, I think they, yeah, while they'd be disappointed with the first quarter, they controlled much of the rest of the game. So, Mm. you know, and they had the same number of scoring shots. So it was gritty from Melbourne, but it was also pretty phenomenal from Frio. So you always knew they were going to come. Yeah. Um, And Roxy Rue absolutely stepped up. So those are the things you'd pick out is that your young players were the ones that really guided it. Um, Kiara Bowers in the first quarter had one disposal Mm. that was not effective and one tackle. And then she lifted after that. So, you know, if if you're a Frio person, you'd be very proud about the way your team is never down and out and you can do anything really. So Mm. it's not – while it's disappointing it's a loss at home, it's not all doom and gloom for Frio either. Not at all. I mean – the fight in them is incredible and how they come back. Like you just absolutely can never discount them. I love watching them play and it was such great football. I just felt like I was punching the air in general. It was a real go footy moment for me. Um, Cal Rowe is saying Rue versus Birch after the goal loved the fire. I don't know if that she just meant fire instead of fired, but anyway. Um, um, the, the thing... Oh, so I I just hit something, sorry. Um, watching the game, I was watching it with someone and as mm. soon as Goldrick got injured, I was very, mm. very concerned about what Houghton was going to do. And then Houghton almost immediately got two set shots on goal. So the Goldrick injury had a big say in the game as well and Houghton knew that that was her moment and almost took it. Um, so there's so many tiny things in this game that could have swayed it either way. I agree. It felt a, a little bit like a little, too little too late from Freo in the end. Like I think a little bit longer and they might have toppled Melbourne. That was the vibe I Oh, got. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like you're just looking at me like, no, Rana. No, no, no. That, like, that's oh, definitely how it felt. Mm, I felt for them. I mean, oh. well, okay. Now I want to ask you, D's now, can they go all the way? Is that too big a call from me? <laughs> Look. Is that the fan in me? No, no, no. Uh, 
You can't, again, this is me being a bit of a fence sitter, but you can't say that they can't because the last two weeks, look at who they've beaten and how they've beaten them. They've beaten Adelaide convincingly at home and Adelaide who the week prior had kicked almost the biggest score in the AFLW ever and the week after kicked, you know, 78 points, so close to. So they held them to two goals. So that's massive. And then, don't make Gemma be hopeful, Rana. Yeah, uh, don't worry, I ne- I'm never hopeful. Um, and then they've beaten Frio <laughs> at Frio Oval when they've travelled in 36-degree heat. You can't discount the how big that is. It's the story for, with Melbourne in general, though, that, that it is the thing that makes you feel like you can't fully hope in them is their inconsistency. So... But this season for me, it's exactly your point that makes me feel hopeful is that in the games that have really mattered, they've stood up and and I just, there is a vibe about them. They feel, it feels like they really believe that they can do this. Um, and I hope for you really that they do. For me. <laughs> no, no, for me and my um, D's loving family. And now Go. that the Tigs are out, I feel like I'm fully behind the Ds. Go footy is mostly what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what we love. I'm trying. I'm trying to not be biased because I want to be taken seriously. But you know, it, of course, it's very exciting what Melbourne was able to do at the same time. I mean, I think we can have bias in this chat, but know that you're very good at what you do. Um, Poor Mal is saying, just joining after getting home from the game and it's the Freo game. I'm still crying. Mal, I did think about you. Um, you do love the, the Freo Dockers so much, um, but plenty to be proud of. Any last words about this game before we wrap it up? Lauren Pierce should be the All-Australian Ruck. Uh, Mal Hickey, I know you're mm. listening and I know you are part of the selection committee. Uh, Lauren Pierce should be the All-Australian Ruck. Um, on Mal Hickey, they announced her as the captain of yes, the Ds. They did, and da- Daisy tweeted about it as well. Actually, it's very funny. <laughs> did she? I didn't see it. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, uh, okay. Mal Hickey hasn't god. played for Melbourne since 2018. <laughs> it really, you know what? I actually got really upset about it because I was like, and I'm not great with homework, but I was like, that's a real clanger, and. Daisy Pierce is the most famous name in AFLW. If you cannot know that she captains Melbourne, like what are you do, even doing? It's also worth noting that not only has Mel Hickey not played for Melbourne since 2018, she was never the captain of Melbourne. So it's wrong no. on like so many, <laughs> so so many, many levels. levels. Like why, where, how? I really want to know what happened there actually. It is a bit it really funny though. Me. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they took it well. There was a part of me that was like, oh, just get someone who knows the players, please. Anyway, um, I want to hear your three, two, ones, and I haven't done mine yet, so you can go first. I think you should go first. Okay, all right. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to give one vote, two. Can we crowdsource this? I would love to see what people say. Yeah, what what if, do people if think? If you're watching, give us your three, two, ones this for is, this game. This is Rana copping out. 
What instinct? Instinct. It's really hard for me. Instinctively, who are your three players? Okay, instinct. Uh, instinctively, McNamara. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Rue. Yep. Is in there, and I'm gonna say. Hor is in there. Oh, okay. So you've given one to McNamara, you've given two to Roxy Rue, who I kicked two goals, and you've given three to order, Kate Hall. That's what it is. That's there you go. You've got it now. That's it. Um, all right. <laughs> Just really no one's giving me. No one helped runner. me out there. No one. Um, okay. So I gave one to Karen Paxman. Her ability, her endurance was very, very important late in the game. She had a few really crucial touches late. Um, because mm. she can run so consistently, um, which I, I think saved the game for Melbourne in a way. McNamara very similarly, but I'm going with Paxman. Given two to Hayley Miller. Hayley Miller really led the charge for uh, Frio. Her burst out of stoppage, her long kicks, mm. her ability to go forward. I think Hayley Miller was huge. And the only time after the second, uh, after that goal in the second quarter for Melbourne that Melbourne really had control of the game was when Hayley Miller was off getting her elbow strapped. So I think she was brilliant. And then I've given three to Lauren Pierce. Lauren Pierce, again, all Australian mm. selectors. Lauren Pierce, all Australian rock. It's right there for you. <laughs> Lamp legs here is saying McNamara, Pierce and Rue. And Cal is way too late saying sorry, Rana, for not helping me with my three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks anyway. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> um, I like the challenge. I just don't like how much I don't know. I never know who to give votes to. Um, that's it. It is almost over-ish, AFLW, and it's very strange. And it's even stranger to have the men back. Um, but I'm kind of glad that they are back because now we don't have to hear that footy's back. Um, which just did my head in no end all weekend. So um, can it's I, nice to finally be over that. I'm throwing this at you at the last moment and we'll do this again next week mm-hmm. as well. What's your one highlight of men's uh, footy this weekend that you want to throw out there? I mean, I can't go past um, Richmond and Dusty Martin for me. Um but that's probably more emotional than anything. It was my last men's game um, as a Richmond employee. But I had a real moment and just being back at the G, seeing football back at the G was really actually overwhelming and emotional. So for me, that was the highlight. But then watching Dusty play, um, just some of the stuff that he does, and it's like milliseconds of a movement or something that just impacts the game and I really did think and this is so wanky but I thought I'm so glad I'm alive to watch Dustin Martin play football (laughs) and close up and see him you know at his peak that I actually just went oh my god he's amazing to watch and I want to say he's so good in the hips with his movement that he should really be better on a dance floor than what I've seen. <laughs> You'd think that that would translate onto the dance floor. It doesn't, let me tell you. <laughs> um, 
Not something I was but expecting. No, no, I didn't think you would expect that. Why would you? But that's, that was my highlight. I feel like yours would be that Sydney win. Yeah, so a few people in the comments have seen the, said the Sydney debutantes. Um, mm. I, for a week, have been yelling at people, Errol Goulden, for the whole week. Since it got announced that he was debuting, I've just been yelling at, at people. Um, the fact that both Logan McDonald and Errol Goulden each kicked three goals on debut was glorious. Braden Campbell's mm. kicking out of defence glorious i Mm. as you probably know from everything everyone's listened to uh young players having an impact or young players doing the small things well makes me very very happy so seeing those players play the way they did sam wicks included um you know there were a lot of young i mean hayden mclean who's a relatively new swan tom mccartan playing a strong game as a key defender you know, there's just a lot to like and tempering expectations because it's not always going to be like that. But to get that kind of um, game out of debutantes and then young players straight off the bat is just so exciting. And it was the field kicking from the Swans that they've very rarely done well in recent years. That was the highlight Mm. and that's how they won the game really. And then their forward 50 entries were just remarkable. So can you imagine those sorts of forward 50 entries when Buddy Franklin's in that forward line? It's just going to be a fun season, I think, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I reckon it will be. And I think after the year we had last year, this men's season's going to be much more enjoyable. Um, Cal Rose reminded us of Bailey Smith, who I also loved watching um, against Collingwood, but I equally loved watching Darcy Moore do his mm. thing in the back line. He's an incredible player and I love to watch him just take those marks and the way he defends. So probably add that to my highlights. And just on That's the topic, for us. sorry oh, to interrupt you, yes. just on the topic of men's stuff, um, Rana and I will be doing some stuff around men's footy post AFLW season. Uh, at the moment, we want to make sure the focus is on women's footy. So the bulk of our episodes are AFLW. Um, but post-season, keep an eye out because we will be doing more and we will be continuing to talk about men's footy. So we're not disappearing. No, we're not. We are going to stay with you for the rest of the year. Um, it may not be live, but it will, will definitely be in your ears. What I would love you guys to do if you're listening is to let us know what you would lo- like us to do with an AFLM show. If there's something that you think you'd like us to focus on or a segment you'd like to see us churn out. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. That's it for us. We are actually on time. Nailed it in an hour is an incredible feat for us. Thank you so much for joining me, Gemma. It's been lovely to see you. Yes, it's Uh, been fun. Where can can we find you? We should know. Wait, 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 wait. Before you tell me, please, everybody, if you were listening buy this woman a coffee (laughs) Um, and by that I mean I mean you can shout her an actual coffee but by that I mean um, head to buy me a coffee forward slash Gemma Bastiani is that right dot com slash Gemma Bastiani yep um chip in some money if you can spare it if you haven't already um it just helps her get this shit done basically (laughs) Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, I mean, I do all the time. (laughs) Thank you. 
<laughs> um, she's working around the clock and it's incredible, but she could use a bit of a hand or just compensation for the work amount of work she's doing. So love if to- you like what she does. Chip, chip in. I'd love to get rid of one of my three other jobs if possible. That's the goal. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but where can we find you on the socials so we can keep talking to you and asking you questions? Find about me. Everything. <laughs> find me at GL Bastiani on Twitter or Play on Radio Melb on Twitter. Both Julia and I run the Play on Radio Melb Twitter account. But if you want just me, GL Bastiani is the way to go. What about you, Runner? I am at Rana Huss on Twitter and Rana B Hussein on Instagram. Um, you can hit me up for questions about anything, really. Do it. Um, I'm happy to field them all. I love a I love a chat on Twitter or Instagram. I do get all your DMs, which is nice. Um, but I do, yeah, I want more. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. For a second, I was like, all your DMs. I don't DM you on Twitter. And then I realized you're talking what? to people, not me. I know people, people like to just get, get into the DMs and then hit me up with a real specific question, um, which is nice. I do like it. Um, but I also like the silly stuff too. So it's good. Keep it coming. Um, we will, well, just a reminder basically that this episode of play on the play on review will be a podcast, which will be up as soon as Gemma can do it tonight. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Julia and Gemma will be back with a preview of the last round of the AFLW. <gasps> yeah, it's very sad. Oh, well, let's all get some sleep because it's been a big week weekend. Thank you all for listening and play on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.